You're listening to Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness, the fastest-growing natural health, nutrition, and inspiration podcast in the nation. Uplifting stories, powerful messages, and triumph over adversity, the experience of entertainment and encouragement is about to begin. And now your host, Dr. Ward Bond. The nose that knows. Sue Phillips, one of the world's top renowned fragrance experts, is going to share with us her recent extraordinary success in helping long-hauler COVID-19 anosmia sufferers, those who have lost their sense of smell, to recover. Sue Phillips' resume is literally the envy of the global luxury beauty industry with companies such as Elizabeth Arden and Lancome, who hired Sue for her marketing expertise, followed by Tiffany & Company, who recruited her as VP Marketing Fragrance, where she spearheaded the development creation and launch of the very successful Tiffany perfume for their 150th anniversary internationally. She has gone on to start her own company, Centerprises Incorporated, and designed and launched fragrances for Society by Burberry, Burberry for Men, and many other very well-known brands. So without further ado, let's welcome the nose that knows, top fragrance expert, the one and the only Sue Phillips. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for that amazing interview. I was thinking, who are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get started here because how and where did you learn about fragrance? You know, my first recollection of fragrance was, of course, always my mom who went out at night who sprayed fragrance and her fragrance lingered in the air. So I wasn't feeling, you know, alone. But what actually happened was when I was 12 years old, there was a big store called Belfast. It was like a Bloomingdale's. And I had a summer school job. And one day I was reaching into the counter for a bottle of perfume and I unintentionally dropped another bottle that was in front of it. And the fragrance spilt and I was mortified because it was more money than anybody had at that time, you know, so much money, uh, about 125 rand, which was a lot of money in those days, certainly for a 12 year old. And I went to the department manager, I said, I'm so sorry, I, I spilled the fragrance and I'll pay for it. Well, she said, we'll deal with it later. At the end of the day, she came to me, said, you did the best thing. The fragrance diffused in the air. And so as people walked by the counter, they smelled the fragrance and they had more sales that day. I promise you, no word of a lie. So that was my first realization of how important fragrance was. Uh, But I never really was going to be in the fragrance industry until I came to New York. And that's a whole nother story about how I got into the industry. But my first recollection of fragrance is how powerful it is. As people walked by, they stopped and they said, what smells so wonderful? Well, you know, I guess the department store should thank you uh, tremendously for spilling that or breaking that bottle onto the floor. And uh, of course, you know, it's amazing that, you know, I guess... You know, it's like springtime. You know, you walk outside, things are blooming. You can smell all the different fragrances and you're like, ah, it's just so great to be outdoors because you can smell all of the different fragrances from the flowers and the plants. Uh, But, you know, your resume is so vast. And for all of my viewers and listeners out there, I know that they're probably dying to know about some of the brands that you created fragrances for. Can you share some of those with us? Sure, absolutely. So the when I was at Elizabeth Arden, I was actually in product development, then marketing, and then 
uh, well, training, product development, marketing. Then when I got to Lancome, I was working on the fra fragrance acceleration of a brand called Maginoir, uh, and then started to work on the fragrance called Trésor. Um, I started to work on that, but then uh, I was hired, well, contacted by a headhunter to spearhead the fragrance development for Tiffany. Now, Dr. Ward, if you'd have told me that I would one day from South Africa be vice president and, and fragrance creator of Tiffany perfume, I'd say that's ridiculous. But it happened. It was an amazing honor. It was a wonderful experience. And, you know, the Tiffany is an iconic American brand. And to be involved with that development and the whole fragrance launch was quite incredible. Well, then what happened was I left my uh, I left Tiffany to have my daughter. I launched my own brand, my daughter, but then I uh, landed up working uh, as my in my own company called Centerprises, and I created fragrances for Burberry, for Trish McAvoy, many different initiatives for Avon, uh, for Lancaster. Uh, I worked on a company in Europe called Oilily, O-I-L-I-L-Y. It was a very small um, in small in America, but a big Dutch brand and everything was going along swimmingly you know creating all these amazing fragrances and developing marketing plans and branding plans and the whole idea of distribution and then 2008 happened and the economy crashed and I had to really rethink things so at that time uh, I learned a lot about fragrance and from a branding and marketing standpoint and started my own initiative which I called bespoke perfumes, customized fragrances. And people said to him, what are you doing? Tupperware parties for perfume? And they laughed. And now, as we know, personalization is so important. It's everywhere. We're all a brand. You know, we're on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and Clubhouse and talking to people on Zoom and how we look, how we sound, and actually how we smell is very important as a brand persona. So I've now developed fragrances for brands, uh, celebrities like Jamie Foxx, Katie Holmes, Zendaya, Susan Sarandon, and really have been sort of very instrumental in the pioneering of affordable bespoke fragrances, because typically bespoke means it's very customized, it's very specialized, it's really for very wealthy people, nobility or royalty, and a bespoke perfume could cost anywhere from thirty to $50,000 or more. But what I've done is I've developed a series of beautiful perfumes that make it easy for people to try them all and to, I don't know if you can see them here, uh, maybe not, uh, but the idea is to go through the fragrance journey, to try them, see what they like, and then, okay, mix and match and come up with their own custom fragrance. So I've made it more affordable. You know, that is absolutely incredible. And you just mentioned when you were with Lancome, working with that particular fragrance. Can you tell me the name of that one again? Magie Noire was the first one, which is a French for black magic. And then I worked on Trésor, which is the treasure, fragrance treasure. Um, well, Trésor, T-R-E-S-O-R. Well, the first one... The moment you said it, I was like, oh my goodness, that was the, that is the exact fragrance that my wife wore when I first met her. 
and she still has she still keeps the bottle on hand and when she uses it every time i walk by her and i smell that i'm thinking of our first date so it's incredible how fragrance creates memories in all of our lives isn't that, isn't that amazing absolutely well, that's actually actually one of the most important things about fragrance because the reason fragrance is so is our most powerful sense is actually because it connects memory and emotion and what you just said is so perfectly true when people smell a fragrance it triggers a memory and emotion and it will literally stop you dead in your tracks and take you back to that memory of your wedding day and your wife wearing that fragrance so it's a beautiful thing that fragrance is so powerful and that's one of the reasons that um, I work so much in the area of Alzheimer's as well, to really help people rediscover and trigger their sense of smell. Really? You know, my, my doctorate was in, was in brain nutrition. So now you've piqued my interest when it comes to <laughs> Alzheimer's. So what led you down that path to help those kind of uh, trigger memories? Well, a very sad story. My mother was an amazing artist from South Africa and she was able to paint and do calligraphy. So when in her mid to late 80s, she started to become, well, get, get dementia. And it was honestly so tragic because she, she couldn't even really hold the paintbrush any longer. So um, it turned out that they diagnosed her with dementia and oncoming Alzheimer's. And before she passed away, I really wanted to do something to honor her. And we had all these beautiful paintings of hers. Um, and I had to store them in, in storage because, you know, what can you do with 400 or 500 paintings? So I created a sensory event in San Diego, which is where she lived. I called it a celebration of the senses. And I turned it into a fundraiser to create awareness for Alzheimer's. And also because where she was living at the time was in an assisted living place. So the fundraising would be beneficial and benefiting the uh, Alzheimer's Association as well as the uh, Seacrest where she was living in the assisted living. And so what I turned into, I had these beautiful paintings. They were all like my children. Uh, they were beautiful, but I had to do something with them. So basically turned it into a celebration of the senses it was a wonderful multi-sensory event. I had fragrance diffusing in the air. I had South African food, South African band, South African wine, and uh, contact the South African Airways and the South African Game Reserve, one of them, to turn it into a fundraiser. Anybody who bought a painting would be eligible for the trip to South Africa and the Game Reserve. And it was a beautiful event. It was at Scripps Memorial Hospital. I had 400 or 450 of her paintings, you know, down the main aisle of uh, Scripps Memorial as well as in the hallways. And it was a beautiful event and it honored my mom. And it was a fundraiser in her honor to uh, for Alzheimer's. And Alzheimer's has been very important in my work because of the idea of triggering memory and and emotion. Um, and of course, now I'm also working on anosmia, which I'll tell you about. But uh, the Alzheimer's is really important because when people, are st when their memories start to fade, because fragrance is so powerful, you can actually help trigger the memory with a beautiful perfume. 
So what type of uh, stories have you heard from people that you have helped by triggering some of the memories, maybe uh, for loved ones? You know, just what you said, um, gosh, uh, a boyfriend of mine would wear a fragrance or it reminds me of my first love uh, or it reminds me of a newborn baby or, oh, my gosh, you know, the cookies smelling in, in, the, in the kitchen. I, I, it reminds me of home or family occasions. Um, that's one of the reasons people, when they go into new, new homes or new apartments, um, they always say spray fragrance or put some vanilla or some good essential oils into a pan and, you know, diffuse them so that the home smells welcoming and the home smells so, you know, welcoming and, and comforting. Uh, and so actually our sense of smell is our most powerful. Our strongest is our sense of sight. Yes. Well, let me, well, let's talk about the anosmia because with COVID-19, you know, the number one issue that we've heard that people were losing their sense of smell. Uh, when you first heard that, uh, you kind of knew what to do about it? No, actually, I didn't. So, that, you know, it was so fortuitous. Um, because of COVID, <clears throat> basically, my business really sort of fell to uh, very little because I was doing a lot of corporate events and team building events. So when the pandemic came, of course, all those events dried up. So I thought that's a good time to write my book. So I wrote my book called The Power of Perfume and spent the week, spent the year really writing this book. And when it came to launch, um, NBC wanted to do a story about the book. And they said to me the day before, Sue, do you think you can help somebody who's a long hauler, COVID long hauler? I didn't even know what that meant at the time. So <laughs> I... Um, I said, sure. And the lady came in and she had not been able to smell for 13 months. Mm -hmm. So I took her on my fragrance journey with showing her all my different fragrances and went one, went one five, 10, 13. Finally, on the 14th one, she said, oh, I smell something and it's beautiful. And she started to cry. And I got very choked up and so did the cameraman and so did the crew who was there because for the first time in 13 months, she was able to smell, and it was something quite beautiful. It was a vanilla, and it's a very complex. One of my vanillas is very complex. It's got vanilla, a bean, tonka bean. It's got a very beautiful, rich, edible note, but it's not like a cheap, spicy vanilla that you get in the stores. It was just a very complex. And what happens is I see that people are utilizing their brain to really try and identify the fragrances. And I say to people, smell with your brain and focus and concentrate. And it's been amazing. I mean, in the last eight months, I've actually helped over 100 people. Um, it's been so emotional because people literally have been so bereft that they've lost their sense of smell. And what happens is, so two things happen. Either they try and eat so much to eat and taste and smell, and so they, they really try and overcompensate, and so they put on weight, or they lose total interest in food because they can't smell and they can't taste, so then they lose weight. I had a young girl, Jalen. She was 14 years old. Uh, she'd lost 30 pounds because she lost all interest in food, and her mother was really upset, and she, they found me. They heard about me online and Google and so on because of all the work I had done. 
And it is so emotional and so quite wonderful that people have been able to regain their sense of smell. So the only positive thing about COVID is the acceleration of the awareness of how important our sense of smell is. You know, you bring up a very good comparison here because, you know, if someone's had COVID, they lost their sense of smell. When it comes to food, if it's a steak, if it's a hamburger or whatever is before them, they pretty much know what it's supposed to smell like. But with a fragrance like a perfume, and especially with a woman who, you know, by the time she uh, got to the 14th one, you really have to use your brain so much harder when you're smelling something that you don't know what it actually is and you're concentrating. With food, we see the visual but with a fragrance, we don't see the visual at all. So that type of work that, uh, well, you're doing and have discovered is incredible to me. Well, you know, it's, it's so fascinating. So now I have a kit and the kit is um, this. Here are the 18 fragrances. And what I've done is I've numbered them 1 to 18 because what I want them to do is to evaluate the fragrance. And we have the blotter strips. These blotter strips come in here. So they're all matching, numbered to match the fragrances. And what they do is they dip the fragrance in the blotter and then they smell it. So they don't know what they're smelling, whether it's a citrus or a fruity or a floral or whatever. But they have to really concentrate with their brain and usually the first three or four they can't get because they've been suffering from a nausea for so long but then it's it's a miracle what happens is the neuropathways start to connect the olfactory bulb and the limbic system and suddenly it just they say oh i can smell something and when that happens it's it's really literally a breakthrough it is absolutely amazing and it's so encouraging because when people have not been able to smell for so long and suddenly they can, it is very, very emotional. I, I tear up all the time when I even talk about it because, you know, imagine going through life not being able to smell and then not being able to taste. And so half of our life, even more than half, is built around socialization. Let's meet for breakfast, for lunch, for tea, for celebrations, for all kinds of occasions. And when you aren't joyous and you can't really partake of that, you say, oh, why bother? I'm not interested. And so people just opt out of socialization as opposed to partaking of it. And uh, I'm very excited. I am now have another book deal that a neuroscientist contacted me to write a book. And she is Dr. Mila Emerald, a very one wonderful neuroscientist. And she loves what I'm doing. And... We actually just had a book proposal accepted by a science publishing company. And because she's the neuroscientist, so she has the science and I have the creativity and the marketing and the perfume and the olfactory. So I'm very excited about that. And then another neuroscientist wants to do clinical trials. So suddenly perfume is not just frivolous. Perfume is really becoming powerful. And I wrote my book, The Power of Perfume, and I called it The Power of Perfume before this whole COVID thing happened. So it was very uh, prescient. Very much so. And, you know, the nervous system 
is very complex. You know, when, when I've talked to researchers, when it comes to Alzheimer's, they've barely scratched the surface on trying to figure out that disease. Uh, if someone's had a nerve injury, it can take forever for it to recover. Uh, nerve connections or what I call brain pathways can be formulated when people start to learn new things. But the power of fragrance and the way that you've explained it, where it literally awakens their, their system back from suffering with COVID. And, you know, I've had people tell me who got, when they got COVID, the first thing they noticed was the loss of smell. They, yeah. they, and it really bothered them. And see, for me, I can't even imagine, you know, for someone like you, if you would have lost your sense of smell during that time, that would have been <laughs> traumatic. Well, you know, I, th and you're absolutely right. So I have been vigilant in the last two years. Um, you know, I've, I've kept myself well, thankfully, touch wood. Uh, I've worn the mask. I've been around. And I also had to go to California to see my brother, who sadly had uh, an autoimmune disorder called Guillain-Barre. And thankfully, he's fine now. But I had to go to California and I was quarantined for a week. I couldn't even go anywhere. So they put me in the hotel room. I was in the hotel room for a week. I couldn't see anybody. But I have been very, very aware of how important my health is so that I can keep well and that I can do what I have to do to help others. Because, you know, when you're cavalier about, oh, not doing this and not being, you know, being close to people and not wearing a mask and all the rest of it, the last thing I need is to get ill because then I will be no use to anybody. And it's so important that I keep my health. Well, let me ask you this, Sue, because um, with your with the uh, the treatment kit that you just showed us, and I know right now a lot of my viewers and listeners are are probably wondering, where can I get the kit? So where can they go to get that kit? Well, they can go several places. They can go on suephillips.com suephillipsfragrance.com which is a it's a it's a like a shopify it's a shopify uh um you know sh uh, shopping channel shopify.com suephillipsfragrance.com suephillips.com my company is centerprises.com and uh oh my assistant's just telling me where we are where are we etsy we're on etsy uh fair tundra you know, and I really appreciate that because I, I've tried to make it really affordable. Uh, but at the same time, the fragrances that I have created are really high quality, beautiful perfume blends. Now, this is the difference between essential oils and perfumes. Essential oils are single notes. They are either a lemon or a chocolate or a coffee or eucalyptus rose. They're single notes and they're not very expensive. And not that I'm knocking having these essential oils, but they don't really challenge the brain because it's only a single note. And as I said to you before, you know, we, well, I didn't say that, but I'm saying it now. We live in a very multi-dimensional world with music and TV and noise and everything around us. And so if you can focus your brain and concentrate and these perfumes are beautiful but they are complex 
So it's not a single note. My citrus is a note of lemons, limes, oranges, grapefruit, tangerine. And when you actually smell the citrus, all those beautiful citrusy notes come to the brain. Now, is it a grapefruit or an orange or a lemon or a lime? Well, it's a complex fragrance. And so you learn to try and identify what the aromas are by focusing and concentrating. And I also tell people that the one thing they can do is challenge and smell with their brain. Go to the supermarket and go to the produce area where they're actually selling the oranges, the lemons, the limes, the tangerines. And when you see it visually, oh, I know what that smells like because you see the visual. But when you actually can't smell, and what we do is we say smell blind, you take the lemon or the orange or the grapefruit and you smell them blind, you don't know what they are. And that is one way to try and train your brain. So I really encourage people to think about how important their sense of smell is. You know, now you have really have me interested because it's almost like wine tasting where you're trying to pick up the different notes that are blended when the wine is produced. You know, do you, is it berry? Is it chocolate? Do you, do you smell the oak if it's a Merlot? And in a way it's, it's almost identical, but it's amazing when you explain the different citrus, I could see where it triggers the brain, the brain to really try to identify maybe an isolated note out of that citrus blend. And uh, I, I think I'm going to order one of the kits just to have it on hand because um, well, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely uh, impressed, very impressed. Well, you know, normally I would write on the bottles what the name is. And this time I did. So this is, I call it a scent healing kit, but it really is a beautiful perfume kit for anybody to really create their own perfumes. But what I did was over here on the top, you can see the um, the little blend chart over here. What? Let me just try and get it. You. Right oh, there. There, there go. you go. Yes. So here you actually see the name of the, the number, the name of the fragrance, and the description, the extracts, and the actual ingredients that it evokes. So after you've done the scent kit for a while or once or twice or three times and then you say oh that's what I'm smelling so the rose is not just a rose it's a modern exotic rose it's got spicy notes cognac clove and a hint of violet leaf so they're really beautiful and complex and it really makes challenges your brain well I want to ask you something Sue, because your your book the power of perfume and I understand that in this book you teach people how to wear perfume and men cologne correctly. What have we been doing wrong? <laughs> well, Americans, first of all, just spray over here and over here, and they think, oh, that, that's it. Or they spray their hair or they spray their clothes. So first of all, you should never spray your clothes because, number one, the fragrance oils can actually maybe stain or damage your clothes. Number two, if you are spraying it on your hair and you have shampoo or conditioner or hairspray, all those other aromas are going to interfere with your beautiful, usually expensive perfume. So here's a nice little tidbit, which I was taught when I first came to America and I first was in the fragrance industry. One of my mentors told me about a trip to France that 
he had gone to and he said, the French perfumer said, oh, when you come to France, everybody wears perfume and all the Americans wear the perfume wrong. So what do you do? You apply the fragrance from the bottom up because fragrance rises as the heat warms the fragrance. So you apply the fragrance from the bottom up at the ankles. So when you wear the long skirts, the swishing of the skirts makes the fragrance rise. Behind the knees, in between the thighs, in the bosom area, at all the pulse points, and wherever you want to be kissed. She said, what does the American do? A spritz here and a spritz there. And who does they attract? The birds and the clouds. <laughs> wow. Now, how does the man do it? So men also can wear fragrance at their pulse points, also, you know, below and above. But mostly men just used to take cologne aftershave and slap it on their faces, which was fine. The aftershave was used as a way to sort of stimulate and to heal the soothing after shaving and sort of just to close the pores. But men can also wear fragrance at their chest, at their wrists, and at the pulse points. But, you know, sometimes people spray it all around. I discourage fragrance from being worn on clothes because, as I said, it can really um, stain your clothes. And some people wear fragrance on their hair, but you know, that's up to them. But I, I don't, I think it's better to have a pure perfume. And the one way to make your perfume last longer, uh, cause so many people say to me, soon my fragrance doesn't last. Well, several reasons. Number one, either the concentration has been limited and, um, lowered because the FDA and the EU and all these European unions have now determined that certain concentration can only be used in perfume. So if you're wearing a scented soap and a scented lotion and a gel and a shampoo and a conditioner and a deodorant, all those contrasting aromas are going to overpower your beautiful bottle of perfume, um, which could be, you know, 200 or $300, and you don't want it to minimize your perfume. So I always say try using unscented soap and unscented lotion and don't spray fragrance on your hair because all those other fragrances are going to interfere with it. Wow. You have given us a complete lesson on how to wear perfume and gentlemen cologne correctly. Yes. And so with your treatment, uh, with your treatment kit, as well as your book, The Power of Perfume, uh, they are all available at your websites, correct? Yes, everything on the website, suephillips.com, centerprises.com, and suephillipsfragrance. And by the way, can I just give you a little, a little, another 101 lesson? Yes, please. So the, the word perfume actually came from the Latin perfumum, which means through smoke. And it was a way the ancient Egyptians used to... Uh, sacrifice put sacrifices together to honor the gods and they would take these old extracts and they put them on the altar of wood and they would light the wood and the beautiful aromas would waft into the air and that's how the word perfume came to be perfumum through smoke now many people think that perfume is just for women right. and cologne is for men but actually Perfume can be worn by men and women, and so can cologne. The only difference between perfume and cologne is the actual amount of essential oil or ingredients 
in the formula so that the more concentrated it is, is perfume. And as you dilute it, it becomes less concentrated. So you have perfume, eau de parfum, eau de toilette, and eau de cologne. And the reason men think that cologne is just right for them is because it was a big marketing ploy in the 70s. The men's fragrance market started to get quite interesting with aftershaves and colognes, and they said, hmm, we can't call perfume. Let's, let's come up with a new category and call it cologne for men, not as, you know, frou-frou kind of thing. So that's, but women can wear cologne and men can wear perfume. Well, I love that. I stand corrected, but I'm always willing to learn, Sue. So I highly appreciate your expertise and the explanation of cologne and perfume. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who have dealt with COVID-19 and you've lost your sense of smell, head over to suephillips.com or even go to suephillipsfragrances.com and order the treatment kit as well as getting her brand new book, the power of perfume and learn more than you'll ever need to know. But at the same time, hey, when we dab it on or spray it on, we need to do it correctly. And Sue, what is up next for you? Well, I'm very excited about the new book that's coming up. And I'm also very excited about some big opportunities. I love to talk. I love to communicate. Um, I am talking to somebody about a talk show, which would be wonderful. And um, the other thing is, <laughs> I'm actually an actress too. I was an actress in South Africa, and I have a new play that is just been, going to be launched on uh, Zoom in a couple of weeks on YouTube uh, called Letters from Versailles. And actually, the playwright, Tony Barone, wrote a play uh, loosely based on history, uh, which is the Treaty of Versailles where Queen Marie of Romania, that's me, comes to meet with uh, Woodrow Wilson, uh, Clemenceau of France, and Lloyd George of England to try and tell them to stop annexing her land in Hungary. It's very appropriate right now with what's going on. And so this is a way of me again expressing my communication and my artistry and skills. So I'm very excited that I'm doing that as well. Well, you are definitely an artist. You're the artist of fragrance and very creative. I could literally talk to you all day long. Uh, I would love there, to. There, there's just so much though, because when you were talking about creating these fragrances for all of these companies, and when you create the fragrance, do you just feel that the creativity of the marketing goes along with it? Do you literally picture it in your mind? Yes. And, you know, that's a, that's a great question because branding is so important. You know, when you create a fragrance, well, anything really, but fragrance particularly because it's that sort of invisible sense. You can't really see fragrance, but it is so powerful. And the idea is, you know, to really understand the brand architecture, the brand ethos. What is that brand about? If that's a brand for a young 17-year-old man uh, who's outdoors and casual and playing football and rugby, he's not going to want to have anything too strong and overpowering. So understanding the brand ethos is important. And that's what I try and do with every brand I work on. Forget my preferences. 
what is the important aspect and the important result that we want to try and achieve for the brand. And it's really important that, you know, the brand is consistent. Um, and I used to teach at LIM College and FIT College to really talk about how to create and market and brand fragrances because it's very interesting and very difficult if you don't have that feeling of how am I going to sort of bring this brand to life with all the proper attributes, the packaging, the marketing, the advertising, the fragrance, it all has to be consistent. And if yeah. one aspect is inconsistent, uh, if, if you have a, a fragrance that's very light and bright and casual, it's for a young person and it's flirty, and the packaging is totally off brand, that can be the difference between success or failure at the counter. You know, you are a true visionary when it comes to fragrance. And I love talking to people like you who can envision things that, you know, it's not in front of you. You can, you know, if it's a fragrance that you work with, you pick, you can literally see the pictures in your mind of putting the whole thing together. And uh, I envy people like you, Sue. Well, you're pretty terrific too. I mean, I see the candles in your background and, you know, how you look and how you sound and your brand ethos is, is wonderful. I mean, I can even sense the kind of fragrance that I would create for you or that you would like to wear for yourself. Wow. Now, um, so what do you have in mind? Because I know of two of my, fra my favorites that I actually wear. Um, I, I like Bulgari, but my favorite is Cartier. So it's so interesting. I was going to say something very outdoorsy, but like smooth and sensual. Something a little, um, I would say very elegant because you're very elegant. So for me, elegance means something smooth. So I would put sandalwood in that area. I would put nature. I would even put some beautiful amber notes. I don't see you as a, now maybe I'm wrong, but I see you as enjoying um, fresh fragrances, but not overtly. I think you're more in the sophisticated arena of beautiful, sensual sandalwood, beautiful, like the Bulgari, the green bear, beautiful, natural green aromas, um, sensual sandalwood and very natural fragrances, not very outdoorsy citrusy. I don't see that for you. You nailed it, Sue, because one of my favorite scents of all time is sandalwood. I will literally stop in my tracks. If I see sandalwood on something, I will stop and smell wow. it. And I love that. I even like a little bit of patchouli as well. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right. I like the, the elegant type scents. They do seem to be my favorite. And... Uh, you know, it, it's funny that you said about citrus because I actually have a cologne that leans towards citrus and my wife's like, no, not that one. And uh, so, so I'll go with the sandalwood every single time. But uh, wow, you are really incredible. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, Sue Phillips, she is one of the world-renowned fragrance experts. So if you've been dealing with COVID-19, you, you've lost your sense of smell, guess what? There is absolute hope in your future. Go to suephillips.com or go to suephillipsfragrances.com 
and get the treatment kit that she has just shown to all of you and get that amazing book, The Power of Perfume. There is power in perfume, ladies and gentlemen. And you heard it here today with Sue Phillips from Centerprises. And Sue, I have to tell you this. When I saw the name of your company, the first thing that popped in my head was, that is brilliant. Perfect name. Thank you so much. Do we have a few minutes to, can I, can we have, do we have a few minutes more? Absolutely. Go right ahead. I appreciate that. So, you know, also being a, a writer and being very creative, um, that name came to me as so many things come to me early in the morning, about two or three or four o'clock in the morning. And I had just left Tiffany to have my daughter. And I was now starting to think about my own fragrance consulting company, which was Susan Phillips Enterprises, which was so boring. And so four o'clock in the morning, you know, my brain starts to trigger. And I kept on thinking, scent, enterprise, scent, enterprises, scent, enterprises. So I wrote it down. And when I woke up finally at eight o'clock, I said, wow, that's brilliant. So it, it encapsulates what I do. And um, it, it, it is a clever name and I'm so glad you like it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and I love, I love branding. I love marketing. I love promotion. I love to see what people come up with. Uh, there's nothing better than just being creative. And I think everybody out there has a little spirit of creativity in them. Some people know it and some people don't know it yet, but it's out there. Uh, again, Sue, thank you so much for taking and honoring us with your time, your information. I know that you uh, have not only blessed millions in creating fragrances that have created lifelong memories that we will never forget and in, and also creating this treatment to help people with today's uh, new buzzword COVID-19 and also continue your work with Alzheimer's. Uh, please, we, we need more people like you. Well, thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to talk to you. You're so easy to talk to. I really enjoyed this very much and I'm honored to be with you here and I appreciate the opportunity to share my story. Oh, you are very, very welcome. And ladies and gentlemen, again, go to suephillips.com. We have all the information on the screen for you to contact uh, and purchase the treatment kit if you need that or you know someone who does need it because that shows you the power of fragrance can trigger the brain. And for many of you and all of you, bring your life back to where you want it to be. And just, just take a deep breath because new life and even hope is coming your way. We'll be right back after this.